as below, so above? Are they just as hapless at 5,000 feet? Find out this week on Hapless Heroes. Is that anything similar to Thieves Camp? No, Thieves can't do this. Hello and welcome once again to the Hapless Heroes Podcast. My name is Dave and I will be your host and Dungeon Master for this evening. And this evening we are uh, changing the scene to several thousand feet up in the air as uh, the airship, 11 o'clock shadow, is um, sort of hovering in place well above uh, the town as the sled is getting moored to it. So we'll start as we start every week, and definitely this week as well, by introing our party, starting from my left, with John. And uh, who are you this week, John? Uh, tonight I'm going to be playing Basha, present and accounted for. Fantastic. To his left, we have Francesco as whom? Uh, Tabi Asramat. Well, hi there, friends. And to his left, rounding out our table this evening, we have Phil. And uh, who are you tonight, Phil? I am playing Arasatra, Ari the Furbolg. And I do hope they hurry up down there. We should be leaving. All right. So everybody is aboard the airship, and uh, you've been hovering this way for some time now as this um, particularly impressive sled for an entire town's worth of people to ride in is being constructed from raw materials on the ground. Mm-hmm. And it's funny is that you have... The party is made of probably some of the more responsible interns of the bunch. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I imagine that uh, this group of interns is probably on duty somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Tabi is probably helping fasten things since he's good with his hands. Yeah, Ari is definitely stabilizing these cables, making sure they are aligned and in place when the tension is pulled. It's yeah. not just going to, like, break things. Fantastic. Um, Basha would be cleaning, but I think he's on the deck and also probably paying attention to what's going on downstairs. A lot of uh, the red shirts have been brought down. There's a lot of people down below. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are supposed to be waiting for a signal. Yes. And there's been no signal. And as of so far, nothing untoward going on in the plains surrounding this town. Okay. Uh, so Basha, yeah, Basha's just cleaning the deck. Basha is cleaning the deck. Yeah, all of you who are on the deck, I'd just like you to make a perception check. All right. Ooh, I am good at those. 19 plus Ooh. four. Ooh. <laughs> 23. Good job. All right. Is there anybody else above a 20? Nope. No. Okay. So, Arasatra, you're the first to see uh, a darkening on the horizon line from the north. Like clouds or on the surface? No, on the surface. Hmm. Just as you're just starting to see them on the plains, I mean, far, far off in the distance. Yeah, by if you mean a, if you if if by cloud you mean a cloud of undead horrors, then right. yes. Okay. So, so we actually see like the full 
mass. Oh, right. You're starting to see, I guess, what might be the front rank, the front ranks of something. How, how many can we tell? It's far. Oh, well, it's only RSR. far. Yeah, very far. He's the only one that notices. We're asking questions for him. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ari's gonna turn around <laughs> and she's gonna shout at what is Basha again? Orc. He's orc. All right. She's full gonna, on orc. Yep. Shout at this orc. You, you there! I, I see the, the enemy. They're on the horizon. Um, Basha is going to whip the broom around that he's using and like bash the top of it off and make like a spear slash bow staff thing with the broom. <laughs> Just the broom. Fantastic. And he's going to run to the nearest the, battle the, station. No, 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 the deck. The deck. And he's going to see if, what he can spot. I'm going to try, I guess, an insight. Oh, I'm good at insight. Um, insight is good for discerning someone's motives, and I feel like you've already got a pretty good handle on the motive of the approaching mm, horde. My investigation yeah. is negative two. I mean, <laughs> I don't think there's much more to see besides, okay, they're coming, they're coming, well, we're dying. They're like, coming, like, what are we... and it's hard to tell how many of them are coming. But it, uh, judging by the width that showed up when it finally hit the horizon line and you could see it, um, somewhere in the vicinity of a cubic fuckload. Okay, uh, Jarrell, or not Jarrell, not Jarrell today, Basha, uh, will run and start ringing the deck bell. Okay. So- Conveniently enough, there is a deck bell for you to ring. It should be. <laughs> <laughs> Someone get the captain up here. He must see this. I believe Pregnard's currently in a bubble bath. <laughs> yeah, um, so as not to sully the uh, perfect image that everyone has of Pregnard, none of us will be playing Pregnard tonight. Right. And we think we can all agree on that. Yes. <laughs> Pregnard is currently unavailable. The room in the adjacent to the kitchen oh. that he's in is emanating sounds, <laughs> smells, <laughs> and lights. So I forgot the current pilot is Jed Dim and Zero. Jed Dim no, and no, Zero. Zero's Zero's up here. Zero's not the captain. He's Zero's Helmsman. finishing. Zero's finishing. Oh yeah, the, the, mo- the, the mobile, mobile weapon, the transport vessel. He, yeah. he said it'd be done in so two weeks is, if you worked on it the whole time. Yeah. So he's down in the hold working on that. Okay. I mean, to be fair, we could just let Zero know what's going on, at least too. He is the but ranking member. With between Basha, was it Arasatra, mm-hmm. and then to- Tabi, who would would would, would you go Arasatra would you go tell Jed Dim this is perfect or would you tell there's really no chain of command at all (laughs) (laughs) never fully established if if you can't find Pregnant you're fucked well the reason it was never fully established is because it was never fully established (laughs) but I also wanted to just make a random check and see who came up on the deck first to respond since it was just the three of you in the general area to Mm -hmm. begin with because that's contrived and convenient, and it works really well for setting things up. Yeah, I think Ari is stabilizing these cables, so it's, okay. it's, it's imperative. So she was just telling somebody, get get whoever's in charge out here to see this. So, it, so, but the results of my role, though, uh-huh. striding <laughs> onto the deck in a full white suit as though he was cosplaying as Tom Wolf himself, is. Uh, well, other than Arion Black. Oh, of course. Awesome. Of course. Hello. Um, so is this the first time Ari has seen 
She's pre- you've probably seen and him around on the ship. on the ship? Okay. Yeah. It's at any point where you may be trying to discern what it is he was doing when you uh, had seen him in passing. Mm-hmm. Let's um let's have you make an insight check on it. Oh man. Just to be sure. 21. Nothing discernible. And that in it of itself seemed really remarkable that he seemed like he was doing stuff with purpose, but it was indecipherable what the purpose of what he was doing really was. <laughs> Her interest is piqued. He's certainly among the mysterious members of this crew, and yet she realizes as chaotic as it is, everybody seems to work together and have their own niche, their mm-hmm. own little purpose. Um, she's trying to find her purpose because her gods, you know, the nature of life itself is telling her that this is the means to restoring balance, and that's what she cares about the most. Right. So she accepts who is in this crew. Yeah, before nature yeah. is consumed entirely by Okay, undeath. yeah, but y- y- so you've dealt with the gods of nature. Oh, wait till she gets a load of <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, Does Basha see... Aryan Black step onto the deck. Yes. I think does, we all do. I think that, does, that was kind of his notice. Does yeah. Basha recognize him as in charge? Um, <laughs> probably not. Should I do an insight based on it? Yeah, you, you two can make that an one, insight. That, that one I would probably it's like two. for him I to I like know. how we're all just trying to figure 24. out who's That's in charge by die rolls. Right. Well, <laughs> well, Basha would have never directly communicated with... With a 24, right. you can tell that he's actively concealing what it is he does. Okay. Like, he's going out of his way to make it nonspecific what he does. Almost like someone who's perfected the art of avoiding actual work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And still look busy. Right. Except that this guy, talent, if I will he's say. actually <laughs> doing it, this guy is the Wayne Gretzky of avoiding actual work. Right. Um, and we know that. Uh, <laughs> but Basha is going to walk towards him, point his now, like, broken broom at... at his, his broom spear? Yeah, his broom spear at the incoming army and say, they are coming. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, it certainly took them long enough. Are we going to be done in time? This is like, this is really, I'm a little concerned. Ari, My friends um, are down there. Ari is, is torn, looking down and seeing the activity and the combat going on. I don't think she sees any of the civilians, does she? They were They were kind of waiting to escape and run the to the basket when it was ready. So she's looking down, and then she sees, you know, the forest, the landscape being utterly decimated as it's moving closer. And she's kind of welling up with tears in her eyes because the inaction is like eating her up. She wants to do something. Right, right. but you also know that throwing yourself headfirst into a horde of ravening undead is a suicidal action at best. <laughs> Should we prepare the weapons? I mean, yeah, but. I don't think even the weapons we have on this ship are going to take care of all of them. We should definitely be ready to defend ourselves. Uh, and I, I, I'll definitely... What is the, C, the range of our siege weapons? <laughs> How soon That's, can we start well, firing? Well, you know what? <laughs> Nobody has actually asked that question yet. Okay. So now we get to develop the answer to this. Well, there's there's had, rules for siege weapons. And we had all talked right. about what yeah. we were going to put on the ship, but what did we actually... We put ballistas, Two right? ballistas and then like a big harpoon gun in the front. Yeah. Sweet. I would say that the big <laughs> harpoon gun actually is just about the size of a telephone pole that it shoots out. 
with a <laughs> equally weighty battleship chain attached to the haft of it right. that feeds back into the ship like a f- super fucking aggressive anchor. That is really <laughs> cool. <laughs> I want to fire that one. Yeah, but there's no trebuchets on here, so we cannot launch. Because no, trebuchets are a stupid idea. Who would say that? Uh, anyway, excuse me. I think I was the one that said that. <laughs> Don't be offended by my insulting myself, <laughs> or do you know? Either way. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a balance well, issue. Don't look at me. <laughs> what would you like me to? do about it precisely. I think that's kind of the problem we're mm-hmm. facing here. Is, is there that any, any way we could maybe even slow them down just by some <laughs> time until we can leave? Uh, hmm. You, you want to go towards them? We, we can't really move the ship. We can't, yeah, like there's I can fly. Okay, I mean, that's great. That's really cool. I should just let you know, but uh Something tells me that you can't just carry all of us over there, and at the same time, uh, I'm afraid of uh, getting back alive. You know what I mean? Well, I understand. Can I see what kind of terrain we're looking at? Is it relatively it flat? It is a flat plain. Oh, we're okay. talking like like Nebraska, like <laughs> okay. flat, nothing so it's going clear on. There's no just type of natural obstruction there's no type of funneling that we could nope. we could do like tall grass. you can barely see the mirage of mountains in the impossibly far northern distance right because if you remember from even like the last episode we recorded when we fought the bone war skeletons and the main party did they're like they had kind of come out from the tall grass like some advanced scouts or whatever right okay so it's okay. like it's like high like tall grass kind of outside of this town area but otherwise like it's yeah you know, just like yeah it, it's the grass would be at something like five, six feet high. Right. And there are probably like fields down. of food and stuff like that, too, that they at some point would have had. Yep. But not towards that direction. Right. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's the thing. I'm kind of at a loss of like how we prepare besides just making sure everything is armed. Well, so as how far away would could we estimate they are? That's... That's a good question. That's something you haven't quite figured out yet because you can't really tell from yeah. this distance. It's, I mean, it's so far that pretty much yeah. all we just see is sort of like the do line. We, do we have telescopes on the ship? There is a spyglass. What is it? But I don't think anyone... I feel like there would be a spyglass. Oh, holy yes. shit. Tabi is proficient with cartographer's tools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would, you can't I would possibly ass- fail. I, <laughs> he, yeah, I mean... There it is. So <laughs> I have delved into many different places and yeah. across the plains I've hopped yeah. over the course of my weird, slightly okay. extended life. So you're proficient, but do you actually have the cartographer's tools? I mean, if I don't, there's got to be some. You're just looking through a spyglass. Doesn't that count as a cartographer's yeah. tool? Okay. There is no spyglass on the deck here. Okay. I'm going to go look downstairs for one. Okay. So gonna... where downstairs are you heading? Okay. So I guess Mike's going to listen to this episode too. I would like to first (laughs) subtly check if the Lord Captain's room is unlocked. The Lord Captain's room is currently locked. Oh, well, I'm going to easily unlock that, hopefully. Um, Subtly. Okay. With my thieves' tools. Yeah. Okay, (laughs) you have... And muttering to myself, like, I I mean, I know the Lord Captain wouldn't mind if I just borrowed his 
out his spyglass. This is for the safety of all of us. I'm, I'm not explaining this to anybody. There's probably no one else around me, but I'm just like, mm-hmm. I think I, Tabby is justifying it to himself because he knows that Quinn is his friend. Okay, right, this is and I want to let you know that you're committed to this. Before I ask the question, you just didn't think to go, like, you know, check the bridge? No, I just figured the Lord Captain. <laughs> <laughs> we're committed here, so yeah. you have picked the uh, lock the to. Fir- uh, I mean, that's the first Quinn's place room. that Tabby would look is <laughs> where the sailor and captains would keep his things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, not where the captain stands. He does have one mounted on his wall. <laughs> I like how I didn't even have to check to unlock the door uh-huh. because Tabby's yeah. such a fucking expert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, and it's a standard lock. Right. He's not. Pe- he shouldn't have to put like a yeah, s- yeah. seriously advanced lock in a uh, ship po- his own populated ship. by his allies. <laughs> I, can, I can just hear Mike shouting somewhere, right. like on, in an airport. Oh wait, somewhere. wait, wait! Before you leave, uh, in Mike's or uh, Quinn's uh, bedroom, are there any trap doors? Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> thanks for reminding me. I can't leave a room without searching it for secret doors. So I need to search Quinn's room now for secret doors. Okay. <laughs> we are now proceeding to search Quinn's room for secret doors. Mike, please note the <laughs> level of protest in my voice here as we do this. I mean, I can't not. This do wasn't it. my idea. You probably never read in here before. Assured, we're gonna play this one straight, and we're not gonna let anything serious happen here. I can't not do it. It's literally my character flaw. Okay. So I'll make an investigation check, I guess. Which is funny. I am not proficient in those, and I. You know, probably should be. Right. But that's uh, that's an 11. There are no secret doors <laughs> in this room. All right, I'll grab the um, the spyglass and walk out. Okay. I'm, I'm, and I'm holding it very carefully. All right. I get like, pressed to my chest. Like, yes. Making sure that nothing happens to it, doesn't get scratched or yep. anything like that, because I want to be able to put the place this back exactly how I found it before. I'm actually, yeah. I'm, I'm even going to close the door behind me and lock it again. Yeah. All right, so you now have a possibly ornamental spyglass off of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I mean you can't really test it out inside. Nope. There's not really anything right. that far away to view Good. indoors. You have spyglass. Great. Uh, I'm going to come back to the deck, and you are like, going to go back to the deck. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess I'm going to hand it to Arasatra. Well, let's take a look through here. Oh, wait, no. I'm, I said I was proficient with these. Yeah. I'm going to take a look through here. <laughs> and uh, just, like, kind of peer out into the horizon um, towards the okay. you know, black cloud of death. All right. Uh, I'd like you to make a check with those cartographer's tools, then. What uh, ability score do you want me to type? That to is this? going to be... Um, this is a labor of the mind, so we're going to call it an intellect check. Fabulous. Eight is, oh my god, yeah, 27? A 27. So you have to do some fiddling with it. Um, It's a little tough to kind of get over the crack going through one of the lenses. (laughs) But what you do notice is that several miles in the distance, Mm -hmm. the range is a little unclear because you honestly have absolutely no landmarks to compare it to. There are it just a line from one end of your vision to the other, even like turning side to side, oh a very God. broad line. So, so maybe it could be miles wide. It, it's tough to tell because of the lack of uh, um, other features of the area. 
but a line of zombies walking in knee-high grass. Uh, That's nuts. <laughs> so you can say, I mean, like pretty much wherever there is terrain to the north, yeah. it is filled with zombies. Zombies walking in knee-high grass. Gigantic shadow over like the entire area of just. And I'm there. sure as like one row advances a little further, another one just kind of pops up over the horizon yeah. after it. It's almost like an assembly line of, yeah. of zombies. Do we see any of like the the big things that we were seeing earlier? I mean, right now, like, well, I mean, I think you can spot those from a distance. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I kind of, yeah, but I kind of have this image in my mind, right? Yeah, I guess me. I guess if there are any through the spyglass, that is a very important thing to know. Yeah. Um. But from what you made it seem like, it's just zombies right now, yes? In knee-high grass. Okay. Okay. So everything else is beyond the horizon, or at least beyond the visible horizon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just going to, like... You mostly can tell they're zombies by their shambling gait. It's yeah. not right. like you have a really good view of the face or anything mm-hmm. like that. I think Tommy's probably going to slowly lower the spyglass, and you're going to see this sort of this look of, like... I mean, his eyes are just, like, wide as he kind of, like, puts it down, and he says, there ain't no way we're slowing that down. So, how long do we have? That's a good question. I mean, they're just going to keep coming. They're not, they don't particularly seem to be moving that fast. But uh, I guess if I were dead, I wouldn't be in a huge rush either if I didn't have to eat or drink or live. If I look down, (laughs) if I look down, do I see... Boneworks skeletons still attacking the party? Uh, yes. Um, actually, no. Uh, looking down right now, you would just see the first of the Boneworks skeletons. Um, you... The one that blew up the red shirt? Yes, you would see it happening if you have the spyglass, because it is about a mile down almost. I wouldn't be looking down. Yeah. Yeah. So you look down, but you don't see that. Yeah, okay. you look down, you would not be able to tell, but this is about the time that they would be popping out of the six-foot-tall grass outside of town. And we're fighting them. Yeah, the main party's fighting them down below. Yeah. Should we bring the ship lower? Like, uh, uh, you uh, could, uh, but you would compromise the cables. How long are, are, are they supposed to be until they're done with the cables? It was estimated the, the to be transport. anywhere between two to six hours from now. From now? Okay. Yeah. It's only an estimate. Yeah. Because right now, you're not currently communicating with the ground. Okay. Um, Some long fucking cables to her. I mean, we're going to winch him up so, and okay. everything like that, but... Uh, with, not by much. <laughs> right. With his cartographer's tools, and he still can't tell how long it is until they're going to reach us? I mean, that's not... Because it, it's a little unclear. It's just... The zombies are walking in knee-high grass. Yeah, we have some time, but like okay. it's like I'm, I'm just trying to figure. I out guess I'm it. saying we're gonna be cutting it close, right? And they need to work fast down there. What really, if we I'm, were to bring the ship above them and just kind of sweep? Sweep where? Uh <laughs> it's funny because I started the episode sweeping. I'm thinking of just the whole area in front of us. Where the ship's getting ready? Uh-huh. If we just go and clear like Moses, <laughs> just like a line where they're safe in the middle. Wait, how are you going to clear that? With that giant hook? No, no, we are <laughs> not. Bringing, it doesn't work that way. We are yeah. not, and we are not bringing this ship 
anywhere closer to that horde. It needs to kind of stay here so that we can hoist up all the people. Right. Although, I can't imagine we'd be literally towing this thing under under us with a mile-long cable. Like, I feel like that's, like, Mm -hmm. ridiculous. Right. That's also kind of why I was thinking maybe we should go lower. Right. I thought we were, like, 500 feet above the ground. I thought we were definitely, like, I mean, at least, well, maybe even, like, 1,000 or something like that. But, like, that they were probably prepping the cables, and then when the time was right, we were going to lower down and attach them to the airship. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's going to be some of that. You don't need the full 5,000, but you want that, and it has to mount at its full length. Right, because I mean, it, yeah. Okay. Need some strong ass cables to, yeah, support the. Yeah, you'll be able to bosses. winch and lower down into more of a towing position, where even then it's going to be coming down on a diagonal behind the airship. Mm-hmm. You can't lift it off the ground, but you can pull it. Oh, we had we have, uh, I guess, established that we it's not going to be able to be lifted by this no. airship. Shit. No, you you don't have quite that much juice. Hmm. Like. Actually, For a structure that's big enough to hold that many people, who doggy? That seems like <laughs> on top of the airship, what it needs to fly itself. I do. I wouldn't want to go fucking with the the, the way that this airship works because I was like, oh man, is there some way we could convince the air elemental to work a little harder? <laughs> or can we go capture a second one and that's a well shove it in there? That's not the worst question I've heard. Like, I feel like maybe we need to make this ship. Yeah. Better. But at the same time, am I really the one qualified to do that? I mean, I'm only 18 years old. Well, I've no. <laughs> I mean, I'm not an engineer or anything like that. I've, Knowing what you don't know is important. I have no knowledge of these uh, technologies that you use, but I, I do know the Earth, and I can affect significant portions of it. Can you speak primordial? Because that was one language I couldn't figure out. I don't believe. I can. Darn it. Well, uh, I'm going to go down to, I guess, like, I'm going to go to where the captured air elemental's essence is being harnessed. I guess whatever room of the airship that is. And I'm going to gesture to my friends. Come Um, with me. I would like you to make a history check. Ooh, I'm proficient in in, in that. (laughs) 24. All right. History check is a substitute for a medium-term memory check. Just just do you actually know where this is, or do you have to ask somebody? Right. But a 24, I feel like, if you'd heard it in passing, you'd remember it. So you do know where that is, and it is a sealed tank with no access that you know of to the inside. Okay, so no one actually maintains this thing. It's just Not kind of sealed off. through any means like, that you can decipher. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure if there was maybe someone assigned to working this particular station, quote-unquote, right, of the uh, of the airship. Yeah. Because I don't really know how much Tabby knows about how all this works. She just knows there's a yeah. lot of people work here. All right. Well, that's unfortunate, and I'm not about to open that seal. Nope. I mean, it is, there's probably even a, a gigantic sign in here, like, do not puncture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, shit. Okay, that's one idea. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking, like, okay, we don't want to be moving this airship anywhere, and I don't think that just, like, killing a handful of undeads is really going to solve the problem because they just keep coming. But if we can fortify or improve our position here, we can get out of here faster. Is there a 
stockade or anything surrounding this township, or is it pr- pretty much grasslands up to neighborhoods? I think we've pretty much disassembled everything is, that was this town, yeah, too. To it build is. This. Okay. This town, the tower a little bit to the north, and the uniform grass that is growing from here as far as the eye can see. Could I tell how far the tunnel is from the uh, basket, the sled? From where the people are going to be um, moving out of? About 200 yards. So 600 feet. Um, well, I can certainly create a mild perimeter, something that may slow some of them, at least directing where the fastest moving creatures are going mm. to be. Okay, okay. I can, I can choose any point, uh, 200 foot diameter, and I can exclude areas within that if I choose. Um, and then any creature moving through the area must use four feet of speed for every one, which means when they go five feet, it's actually 20. Um, what spell is this? This is called plant growth. So you can just start growing a shitload of plants in this area to make Basically, it difficult for the enemies? whatever grass and bushes that I see, they just start swelling and, and growing to supersize, causing it, um, you know, difficult difficult okay. how almost to like slow anything from coming in i mean that's not, it's a good one to have at the ready i wouldn't necessarily do it now but i like that uh it's instantaneous and once it grows it grows i can do this two different ways on the spot or over an eight hour period and create permanent um you know benefits to the land there It'd be more fertile after that mm. I don't think anything's going to be fertile once yeah. the undead get so here. So that's why I think <laughs> eight hours might be a little too slow of a burn here. In- instantaneous. I could probably do this uh, about three times. Okay. So so in general, what are you looking to do? To grow the grass outside of town higher or I'm, nastier? I'm, I'm trying to look at a position that we can at least slow them down. At, any, at, at the critical areas, yeah, surrounding really much of a choke, right? We don't really yeah. have like a. But if I can make like a like a gauntlet of sorts from where the people are going to need to travel to the sled and surround the sled, yeah. So yeah. you're looking to grow as opposed to the six foot grass outside of town. You're looking to grow the much shorter, neatly manicured lawns. Then, like super any, small anything plants. that would be within the closest proximity to the danger zone. Okay, yeah, there are some uh, very. Um, well-made, like, Ward Cleaver-level-maintained lawns that have grown slightly out of control over the last couple of weeks. You know, they're a little shot, shot, shoddy, but you could tell, like, they, they were all pretty nice, you know, mm-hmm. regular Are these, like, grass. streets, like cobblestone? Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to see, because if there were dirt roads, I would imagine, theoretically, grass could grow through and, and create I mean, in those areas, but cobblestone probably wouldn't work. So. You, you never know. I mean, you're I mean, making you them could. plant. Like, you're ma- you, you're you making them. You can see a few strands of grass poking out between stones. Right, and you're making literally magic, like plants magically grow like super well, huge. there has to be plants or vegetation there. Right. In order to grow it. So yeah. if it was just like straight up desert, I wouldn't be able to make trees grow. I don't, I don't hate this idea to make it easier for everyone on the ground. That's what she sees. She sees there's an objective to get everybody out. It's going to take some time to get this thing fixed and moored and, and actually fastened. And if we can slow down the advance of enemies and help our friends below, mm-hmm. I guess, like, have an easier time of defending themselves and the people, like, we're kind of doing our jobs. 
There's nothing really to, for us to do up here besides potentially affect what's below, at least for right now, right? Certainly we're on red alert. Anything we can do defensive-wise on the airship, I would imagine, is it probably could be done and wouldn't take very long. We're just prepping arms and getting ready. Yeah, instantaneous, specific area. And then if I cast it over eight hours, I enrich the land in a half mile radius. Because it just it just grows the plants. It doesn't ungrow them when there's no duration. Yeah. So it's what is it growing them to? <clears throat> it, it just grows. All normal plants I mean, in a hundred foot radius centered on that point become thick and overgrown. A creature moving through the area must spend four feet of movement for every one foot it moves. So okay. it's just making essentially super difficult terrain. Okay. Um, so then my questions would be, so you're looking to do like a circle completely around the entire airship and yeah. tunnel area. And he can exclude some areas that he can make almost like a path for the people to travel. Yeah. Um, but grow everything else around it. So essentially he's creating more okay. of like a, a, I guess a pseudo plant barrier between so the people to and the and the. And how the how big of a radius are we looking at for the whole thing then? Um, so they're would you say 200 yards between the tunnel entrance mm-hmm. and the sled? Yeah, something like that, yeah. He said it's a 100-foot radius on this spell. Oh, okay. So I have to do this a couple of times. All right. To um, make a good barrier. To give maybe yeah. about 50 feet either side of coverage around yeah. the path there. Well, I might even do uh, I might even do a whole one around the sled. Yeah. Except for the area where the sled is, of course, and right. where people are working. Yeah. But creating that perimeter only goes out to um, 200 feet diameter. Mm-hmm. So right. however much space in the middle, say if I gave it 75 feet or 100 feet, whatever yeah. it takes in the middle, then I'd have 50 on each side. Yeah. And then a hallway, sort of a... a Path of a hallway least, yeah. down the middle of you just spamming it down the middle yep, of that. path of least resistance okay for the people to be about, able to tunnel and yeah, channel about in. 75 feet of coverage that's on either side phenomenal of that. so would i be able to do that with just two two spells um you would i would say um are you doing one entirely around the tunnel or just that covers the end of it kind of uh, it's directed. If this is where the opening is, yeah. um, I'm covering around that and then working towards and then the other one is around. All the... right. It's about 600 feet in between the two. So you would right. have to do a, uh, like six more casts or four more casts actually in between the uh, okay. two to cover the whole path. I, I can do it. Where do you think? Is, is this going to be the best option to, I mean, at least... Where, like, the transport actually is, and maybe uh, a little further out from that. So it's almost like you have, like, this Venn, almost like a Venn diagram, right? Where you have, like, these yes. the two circles, yes. they only slightly overlap, and you just carve the path through them, and the rest of it around yeah. it is overgrown. Yeah. So yeah. that it creates, like, almost like a secret garden-type entrance for them to just run through. Yeah. It's nice I'm and wide. I'm just saying it's going to cover the two points yeah. are further apart than that. He's saying for those circles. It's, it's, it's more like, like that, see, on my margin. Yeah, I understand. Okay. I mean, so it's not so, going to give him full coverage, and like, because I don't think you have enough juice to cast it that many times. But I think I, I would be willing to do it up to three times. Yeah, and uh, that, I would that's prefer, still going to cover quite a bit of it. <clears throat> I would prefer to have it centered around the sled yeah. and then working towards them away okay. from there. So, 
you know, it's only it's only going to be. I mean, that's um, 600, yeah. 400, yeah, six hundred from the end, but like four four hundred feet okay, away so from. Okay, so there's the, probably there's a little bit of space before you get to the uh, right door, but that's, but that's yeah, better but that's than less nothing. right, and that's less area to have to maybe cover the op- just fucking open yeah. ground that there is because, you know, a not an unconcealed target is pretty much just a sitting fucking duck. So this is a great idea. I mean, sure, burn all just, the spell slots, but I think that's a great fucking idea. Something that I can do that I feel like will benefit, and it's permanent. It doesn't go away after a duration of time. Like, it just grows up real thick. So we've got a clear hallway and a surrounding thicket that's at least pro- providing some illusion yeah. of a perimeter. At least you know? impeding the progress of anything moving through it, like, quite a bit. Okay. Yes, still impeding the progress of anything moving through it. Still, yes. still looking at, and, and that's why there's the hallway. Like, if the baddies are going to come, they're going to probably be moving through the hallway if they want to get I mean, there they're, faster. Otherwise, they're going to have to crawl through some of this stuff. So, looking at the horizon, we just see ground creatures, zombies walking, you just, just nothing see flying. Nothing flying, yeah, right? Right now, um, Looking again, maybe, or is it's been a little bit since she's, the last time you looked. She's casted her plant growth and okay. focused on the areas below her, and she's now looking up and scanning. And like, there's a constant look and double take because you want to see if you can gauge any sort of progress mm-hmm. and see how fast they are moving. Zombies typically don't move fast, but these things, you never Who know. Who knows, right? Okay, uh, so. You notice a couple of things. One, there does appear to be something larger in the middle of the uh, zombies. Mm-hmm. Standing about twice the height of a zombie. Maybe actually just slightly taller than a zombie. With something very small mounted on top of it. So, like, you know, head and shoulders, you know, maybe a height and a half of uh, one of the zombies. And the zombies are still walking through knee-high grass. Okay, just so long as I, I can tell whether or not air superiority will, there, will make or break this. There appears to be nothing currently in the air. Okay, that's good. Um, do we have to start lowering the ship to attach the cables to us, or have they always it's been still bu- It's still building. So far as you know, uh, it is still another two to six hours to finish up oh, constructing still. this. Okay. So, uh, I mean, well, I would say now... Um, one and a half to five and a half hours until completion. Yeah, so it's been about 30 and minutes. you haven't recently communicated with the ground mm-hmm. to know how they're doing. Right. Is there a method for communicating down? Yeah. Ah, that would be the first time it's asked. So do any of you have any ways of communicating with the ground yourself? Oh, I. What's the range on this? Definitely not within 120 feet, so no. It's possible there's something on the bridge. It's possible there's something on the bridge? Well, yeah, the command center of the ship might be communicating with right. the ground. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, Bosch, how would they know what to do up here? Bosh has been wanting to go to the bridge the entire time. Yeah. Go to the bridge, Bosh. Yeah, so, uh, do, do any of you follow? Bosh will say, I yeah. suggest we, yes, we go to the bridge. Yes. Good idea. So glad you thought of it. <laughs> so is, is Jed still steering? Jed Dim is um, actually supervising another helmsman right now. Oh, Whoa, Jed moving up already. 
Yep. Um, Jed is nominally in charge of the bridge. Somebody else is on, you know, on the helm itself. But he's kind of, you know, supervising a few different stations. Mm-hmm. With his aviators and pilot's jacket on, I'm sure. Yes. Um, Arion Black is sitting at one of the Ensign's consoles, his feet propped up on the console. He's also wearing what appears to be a naval hat at a very crooked angle. <laughs> wow. On closer inspection, he appears to be holding a margarita. Oh. <laughs> of course he is, because why would he care? But you look very comfortable over there. What are you going to do? Well... Once again, what exactly would you like me to do? Anything that's helpful? <laughs> Sips more <laughs> his margarita. <laughs> wow. And Could she be less vague? The indignance. <laughs> uh, she's looking. She's looking at you know Tabby and and Basha like. I'm not this man's keeper. I'm not going to say nothing. Well, no, it's clearly. He's scary. She's like, I see, <laughs> I see people in action. And uh, Yeah, I imagine he scares the bejesus out of Tommy. Oh, Tommy, yeah. yeah Tommy <laughs> is uh, unbelievably intimidated by Arian Black. Just the mere presence of him is like, I just, I don't get in his way. I'm, I'm always yes, sir, no, sir with him. You know, like, I don't, I don't give him any reason to not like me. Yeah actually does does Arasatra have any kind of danger sense to her at all? <laughs> <laughs> he what may, a question. He may be brooding and mysterious um, but she understands you know, many things are misunderstood. Lots of loners are out there in the woods, you know? Well, there's a lot of lone wolves. She, she knows a lot of creatures that get a bad rap. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you actually get to know them and know their kind and, you know, kind of deal with them on a regular basis, that they are quite nice. And there's lots of things in the natures. Well, That's very true. I <laughs> mean, I'm not nearly so reviled as taxes, but I do get lumped in with them from time to time. I see. That's good. So what do you plan on doing uh, when we are overrun? <laughs> as Enjoy myself as acting captain are you prepared to Arian <laughs> 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 no. Black actually falls out of his chair laughing when you say that are you prepared to go down with the ship <laughs> <laughs> who would have the dreadfully poor sense to make me captain <laughs> Oh and and c- carries on villain laughing for about a good 20, 30 seconds before he catches himself. Um, while the villain laugh is extending, <laughs> Basha is, this is probably one of his first times on the deck, or not on the deck, in uh, on the bridge. Uh, and so he's looking for a communication method, um, but I don't think he really knows what he's looking at. Just mindlessly fumbling with buttons and levers in here. No, I'm not. I'm not touching anything. I'm just like <laughs> walking back and forth while they're having this conversation, looking for something that might help. Ah, we're looking to contact the surface now. Here's a man with a plan. Uh, Basha nods and asks, "Do you, Do you know of anything?" 
I suppose if I had to run down there myself, but let's see what we can dig up. Hmm. He, uh, takes his feet off the console, jiggles a few things around. Taps. Hello down there. Hello. And there are speakers on the ship, correct? Yes, there are speakers on the ship. <laughs> but for some reason, all you hear is static coming out of them. Oh, geez, like something's plugged in wrong. <laughs> well, I don't know the first thing about magical airships, but I can take a look around. Is there anything running out of this? this where are the speakers? I should first ask that question. Uh, there's a pair uh, kind of on the, uh, on the uh, stern wall, uh, one at port, one at starboard. Um, in the back of the bridge. How is the, like, whatever the microphone device would be attached? Um, they're just kind of sitting mounted on the wall. There's a faint blue glow coming from the back of them. And that's what's supposed to be picking up the talking? It would be. But right now it's just... Yeah, just white noise. Kind of like it's words, but so incredibly garbled that you couldn't make them out if you wanted to. Okay. Uh, let me take a look at this thing, I guess, and just see maybe if there's something malfunctioning, and I'm going to feign like I know what I'm doing. Okay. Uh, what sort of check would you like to make to do this? I mean, I'm genuinely trying to figure out what's wrong with it. I just have no idea, like, what I'm looking at, so. Okay, we'll start with an investigation. Oh, good. Not proficient in these. Yeah, that's not going to do it. Um, eight? You're pretty sure they're pointed the right direction. I'm pretty sure they're pointed the right direction, fellas. Is this a and simple... Lady. This, is, this is just like observation? What are we looking at? Speakers on the outside of the hall? or No, they're inside the bridge. Oh. Ari has no idea what she's looking at, but she's trying to connect what Tabi is doing based off of Arian Black talking into this little box and this horrible unnatural sound is starting to drive her crazy the static is not something that she's no. used to hearing no and i imagine arasatra hasn't really heard of arthur c clark's third law that sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic yeah. it's all magic to her anyway but yeah. you know it's just <laughs> more magic to her and she looks at it as unnatural it is definitely unnatural yes and it is quite discordant and disturbing to particularly sensitive ears. Um, Basha will walk over to Jed, uh, point his broken broom spear at the speakers and say, do you know how those work? Like he how says you're using the spear to gesture to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God, no, I didn't build this ship. I barely work here. Jed, Dim, the pilot? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I thought you were asking Arian Black. No, no. Oh, my, he, he, I was going to say, Jed sounds so good. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's gotten some flair after the last couple horrible deaths. <laughs> oh, my God. Can we write his that as canon? His, his, his personality yeah. changes every time he comes back to life. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, let's see. That'll help. That'll well, help. <laughs> we're going to take a quick pause here to develop the Jed Dim personality table. For today. Yeah. No, no, just in general. Oh, going we're going to have six different ones, and we're going to assign them to a D6 roll. But we're going to standardize this, because I love this so much that we are carrying this forward. So, Fantastic. Uh, let's see. One. Sultry. 
<laughs> Two. Angry Jed. Angry Jed is two. <laughs> uh, okay. Does anybody else have any ideas here? Yes. Um, Sad. Of course. Mm. Mischievous. Sad Chad. Yeah, mischievous is definitely good. Intoxicated. <laughs> no, Just that's because I want one. It's not really an emotional state. Listen, man, mischievous Ted is already er, mischievous Jed. <laughs> Although sometimes I go by mischievous Ted. Listen, I, you know, sometimes you take a different name. But I am the man you want in charge of an airship. Let me tell you. Um, six should definitely be like actually an a- actual professional. Oh yeah, you know yeah. what? Um, Fully competent. <laughs> you know, he he couldn't be what he is unless he succeeded a bit. So five and six are going to be competent, Jed. I feel like six should be just well adjusted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Like right. nothing makes me, nothing scares me, man. And we have rolled a two. So we have angry Jed. Oh no. So what? What the hell do you want? You see, I'm trying to pilot an airship here. Oh, my. Jed, Jed, I don't know what's got you so upset, my friend. Upset? You you haven't even begun to see me upset. Ari's going to pull a a bit of root out of her herbalism kit and say, here, try chewing on this. It'll calm you down. He bites the end right off of it. I rolled a 19. Fine. (laughs) Okay. Okay, have it your way. <laughs> like a carrot, just like a snaps slim, that, snaps, snaps it off. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. We're slightly revising Angry Jed here. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Angry Jed's gonna pilot the airship. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, wow. Angry Jed worked his way to the top. He's <laughs> the crop, yeah. So Angry Jed and wants to know. These giant aviators. <laughs> yes, I, yes, I do. <laughs> oh, my God. This is amazing. And on my side, I wear my short sword in Miss Elizabeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So wow. I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. We're going to snap into this problem. Yeah. <laughs> what you need to do is you need to go down to the below decks. Yeah. And you need to talk to Zero. <laughs> yeah. He's going to tell you to the place you need to go to get the things you need to get to repair these speakers. Yeah. Basha is slowly backing yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> I, think the mo- I think the moment he mentioned Zero's name, we all started slowly backing out because... <laughs> He, like Jed Dim is like literally spitting on us through his teeth. Right. Yes, he is. Right. The neck vein, glistening sweat, forehead vein. In fact, I think Jed is pretty much just fifty percent veins now. <laughs> <laughs> Soon he will amalgamate into one giant vein. Just designed to be sad, Jed. The next day, <laughs> yeah, he's gonna die from bursting his like a blood vessel or something, and then he's gonna come back a completely different person. This is incredible. Wow. What a beautiful thing we've established tonight. 
Uh, <sighs> so we go down to meet Zero, and Bosh is just shaking his head at just how intense those veins were. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's even got varicose veins. Right. Poor guy. I think uh, you gentims lived a rough life, yeah. <laughs> yes. Several. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> Oh, wait, is it every time he comes back, he's a new person? Yes. Oh, good, so it's not just the day. He's going to be Angry Jed for a while. Until he dies. <laughs> I love this and so Angry much Angry Jed more. is the best uh, one, too. Well, Sad so Jack Dimming is... Uh, 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 sad Jed dying. Mm-hmm. It's going to be sad. <laughs> we should do Sad slash Melancholic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, so do we know our way down to... Yeah. Um, yes. Why don't Zero's down in the hold. It's the biggest chunk of the ship, really. Mm-hmm. I... I'm uneasy with Helmsman Zero. Why don't the two of you do? Oh, I, I got this. Zero, my friend. Yes, Tobby. What can I do to help? The enemy is afoot, my my, my, my dear pal. And uh, with just just a foot. Uh, so far, just a foot. There is no in a wing yet. Uh. And- oh. <laughs> oh wait, I thought you meant the enemy was a giant foot. Oh my. Uh, no, no. I can see how you can make that misunderstanding, though, friend. So, we're trying to alert and communicate with uh, the fellas below, uh, but it appears that, um, well, we're not getting quite the clear signal back from them. And, um, uh, Jed, who seems quite angry, I might add, uh, instructed I prefer us to-, to think of him as intense. <laughs> Like camping for the circus. <laughs> <laughs> Who wired your humor circuit? I just, oh, I don't. Look, if the enemy is afoot, we are fitting to be a bug. We need to act now. Wow, I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's solid. I like that a lot. Um, okay. So what, what can we do, Zero? Like, how can we help? And, uh, like, I, I, I'd say get yourself battle ready, but I look him over. It looks like you already are. <laughs> we need a transphase duction repeater. God damn it. <laughs> transphase duction? Yes, transphase duction. Duction infuser? Repeater. Repeater, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, we have one. Thankfully, we have a very well-stocked supply closet. We do have one in the supply closet. Is it the repeating supply closet? Okay, now, um... <laughs> wi- okay, that's good. Where's the supply closet again? Just- it's between Ballast 2 and Ballast 3. Um, there's a row down in the deck below this one. It's just a kind of a solid row right along the middle of the ship, doors on either side. You'll see ballast two. Uh, any of the ballast rooms have uh, what look like tracks coming out of the door. You don't want those. You want the door between ballast two and ballast three. It has a chartreuse door. <laughs> That's all you had to say. <laughs> On the opposite wall is a closet with scaba apparatuses. You will each need one. Oh my god! Yeah, you're really fucking breaking out scaba here. Yes, you need a scaba apparatus to access the storage closet. It'll make sense. <laughs> Do you look? Have- we 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 took some liberties with a few things. Do you think you have one my size? 
Seven foot eight. Yeah, yeah you can oh, you oh, can absolutely. you can polymorph yourself a couple times a day to uh, normal size. You know. No, we've got from we we have a wide range of sizes in there. They're actually fairly compact. Wonderful. I mean, I guess if they could fit Stenton, they could fit you. So yeah. All right. Um, thanks for the instruction. Uh, I guess um, hopefully we all make it out of this alive, right? And Tybee's going to do his best to muster a smile, but he's definitely like a little shook. Oh, you've got this. Storage closet isn't that dangerous anymore. No, I meant the undead outside. Oh, by the way, Wait, did do you say not anymore? open any of the chests inside the storage closet. Don't. <laughs> I'm just going to write this down. Open chests. I'm going to take that advice at yes. face value. Yes, make sure the chests <laughs> remain sealed. Do not open the chests. So the transphaseduction repeater is in row J. Mm-hmm. And it's about 300 feet to the back, give or take. Can't remember how high up in the shelf it is, but yeah, you'll find it. You can't is miss it, the thing. Is, is it labeled? Uh, yes, it's 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 labeled in uh, uh, standard project trinary. You, it, it's really easy. Is, is that it, anything similar to Thieves Camp? <laughs> no, Thieves can't do this. Is it? <laughs> I can't trust them in a storage room like that, God especially around all those chests. Is it packaged? or, or is, What does it look like? It'll stand out. Trust me. That's Everything hot. stands out to me. That's a, <sighs> okay, I might be able to handle this when it's okay. Thank you, Zero. Yeah, it kind of looks... So, you know you know, Modron forearms? Yeah. Almost like that, but completely different. <laughs> Tubby stands there, looking into the air as if he is searching for the or answer. Or was it Duodron forearm? Yeah, you'll figure it out. It's the, it's the only repeater in the shelf. All right, then. Um, we'll be back post-haste. Thank you. So we're going to go down to the lowest level of the ship. To the lowest level of the ship. It just sort of runs just over what would be kind of the, be- the beam of the ship. The doors down in that hold are all color-coded right along the spectrum, so red, orange, yellow, green, blue, violet, from front to back. With uh, there's some tracks coming out of some of them. You are looking for a door that was was described to you as chartreuse. Yes, I know. So I'm gonna go to the green one, I guess. Okay. Because that's I mean, but you said it's the whole spectrum. Yes. So is chartreuse a color that is in this door in this door range here? Yes. Do. Because it's very close to one of those primary colors. I'm, I'm looking at the yellow door. I'm going to go between green and yellow. It's the yellow door. Yeah. We covered this with chartreuse skeletons. <laughs> it is more like a neon fluorescent yellow. Yeah, really, it's like highlighter There's yellow. A yeah. hint of green? <laughs> there is definitely a hint of green. Mainly yeah. yellow. Mostly um, yellow. So the door opposite that closet. Yes. So uh, there are Scaba apparati. What do they look like, Dave? What do they look like? They look like a little bite piece with two cylindrical tubes coming out either side, sticking about two or three inches out. Okay. It's actually a really compact thing that just sort of goes sort of into the mouth there. 
Okay. But it sticks out on either side. Like, it looks kind of like if you were carrying a bone in your mouth, but not really. Like, it's a little more built up around there. What are these for? Breathing? Uh, yeah. Self-contained. Yeah, it does say on the cabinet there, self-contained above water breathing apparatus. And even with uh, Basha's tusks? Yeah, it it, it still works fine. They were designed to be pretty universal. Good. All right, interesting. Um, So we will each grab one. Now, all of these doors are maybe at most about three feet apart. And you know that this room, judging by the shape of the ship, couldn't be any larger than, like, a closet. And what uh, what room did he say it was again? Uh, row J? Right. Are there any of the doors actually labeled with letters or anything like no. that? Of course not. Between ballast two and ballast three, chartreuse door. Why am I talking that way? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'll, it just looks like a regular storage closet. It's not 300 it's a feet very, deep. It's a very sturdy door, but it doesn't look like it could possibly be 300 feet deep. That wouldn't make any sense at all. Um, I mean, yeah, the ship is, what, 300 feet long? <laughs> no. Yeah, maybe long, but not even that, really. No. Um, hold on a second. Now I'm really thinking here. <laughs> he, he didn't actually tell us which door to go in. He just told us what row to look in. He told us no. He told you it was in behind the chartreuse door. Behind the chartreuse door. I'm sorry, yeah, that's right. Go in opposite here. the chartreuse door was the scuba gear. Yes. yes. Okay. So let's open the chartreuse door. Mm-hmm. All right. The first thing you notice is very plainly obvious. It's much bigger on the inside. Oh wow! Magic. magic, magic. Also, there's no air in there. This is like a vacuum. Does it just like suck in all the air as soon as we open it? Oh my god! So it literally sucks in all the air as as we open no, the door or something. Because um, it's an extra you only pocket. have one d ten minutes of air in a bag of holding. I looked that up. So yes, you it do. Doesn't contain its own natural air. It's amazing. Okay, well, uh, we walk in and don the scuba apparatus. Yes. So if you walk in before you uh, apply the scuba apparatus to your face, you notice that the air in here is very thin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm putting it on. I'm not yeah. about to waste this precious air. Yeah, we can see just fine. Yes. Like, what are we seeing? Rows and rows of shelves. Yes. And stuff? Rows and rows of utilitarian shelves, reaching hundreds of feet into the distance and at least twelve feet high. Wow. Right. Let's make this quick. Yeah, I'm gonna just start looking for row row letters. Well, before you guys leave the vicinity of the door, two things happen. Oh the no. The door closes behind you. And it sounds like something crashes in the far back right corner of the room. And that's where we're going to end this episode this evening. You bastard. Because it's just so perfect for me to do something like that. You're a bastard, man. But if you don't think that Dave is bastard, man. Or if you do. (laughs) Or if you do. Or if you really just want me to turn the next episode into uh, Charlie McDennis. Then, um, well, you can find us on the Internet and tell us that. Um, we're on such places as uh, Reddit slash R slash Hapless Heroes Podcast. Uh, we're on Facebook, Hapless Heroes Podcast. We are on both Twitter and Instagram at Hapless Heroes. Now, all of those things will take you to the crown jewel of our internet presence where you can make Always Sunny and or other 
good and or bad TV references, show references at us on our Discord, where we are available just about any day, just about any time, except for, you know, when we're sleeping or doing other important things. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's pretty it's pretty great. We've yeah. uh, really grown the community quite quite a bit. Yeah, it, it's it's a fun, self-sustaining community. It's more than we could have possibly imagined when we started this podcast, and it really does feel like we're just getting started here. Yeah, so, it makes me quite happy just to see all of you guys, yeah, gals, interacting together in there. You're just the best. Yeah, now's a good time to get out on the ground level. Now, if you really like us, though, you could leave us a five-star review on the podcast service of your choice, and we are on all of them. And from the looks of it, uh, it I think Fran might have a review for us. I got an unofficial review Ooh. that someone emailed to us. The most unofficial type of review. Uh-huh. So um, this comes from Tammy. And uh, Tammy says, none of my podcast players allow, me to, allow for me to leave you guys a review, so I'm emailing it right to you. <sighs> and that's also haplessheroes at gmail.com, just in case y'all want to send us an email. Uh, Tammy says, Originally, I started listening to Hampus Heroes while waiting for another D&D podcast to update, but over time, the characters going from taking random jobs to being thrust into literally having to save the world has grown on me. The strong egos and types of people in the group of adventurers make for a great time, and you never know how these goofballs are going to get through a puzzle or get out of a situation that sometimes they just put themselves into. (laughs) Often. The jokes and puns get me laughing as I listen, making even the out-of-character banter great. Great job, guys. Keep it up. Thank you, Tammy. You're a five-star human. Five stars to you. Five-star human. Five-star human being. Now, if you really, really like us, you could donate to our Patreon. www.patreon.com slash haplessheroes. Uh, is there anything in between there? Or is it just straight to slash haplessheroes? Slash haplessheroes, my bud. Fantastic. So uh, there you could go, and um, if you feel so inclined, if the spirit moves you, and by no means are you obligated to, but, you know, Any we spirit. do very much a appreciate it you could donate to our uh to our patreon uh with uh various reward levels from uh just a simple uh you know uh you know thank you very much uh to uh special discord roles yeah. e- hell even just even these smallest donation level will still get you a flare on our discord yes and at the higher levels you still got those tasteful moods yep and we got bloopers <laughs> behind the scenes audio the contents of uh james slash hoblet's notebook from episodes one to one hundred what else? Oh my God! So many things you submit. Story arcs to the show. Like we have. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of ever growing the list as I think of more stuff to give you guys. Uh, so and also super secrets channel in our uh, Patreon at this five dollar level and above, where we can kind of show. It's, it's kind of where I post the, bo- the the bloopers and other things too, in addition to Patreon, as well as you know we have super secret discussions about how much better you guys are than everybody else. Just kidding. It's true. But you kind of yeah. true. He was only kidding about how secret it is. Yeah. Because apparently it's, it's not secret at all. Not now. secret anymore. And if you like us, right now, you like us, Sally Fields and the whole deal, um, make a spaghetti sandwich. Uh, you're gonna make a, a bunch of, dozens of spaghetti sandwiches, sandwich eye. Uh, cli- <laughs> <laughs> climb uh, one of your local billboards and staple and or nail all the spaghetti sandwiches to the billboard, spelling out, listen to Have This Here's Podcast. Dude, that's like bread staple the trees taken to like a whole new level. <laughs> I am you you have very well availed yourself of the tradition set forth for us, for us by Zach because that was just an like, absolutely ridiculous request. Yeah, that, that was full that was like that was Dadaist. But I, at like, the same time right. though, that's entirely doable. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we've offered you so many that are actually <laughs> legal-ish. 
and you can totally do. Yes. Well, there's only one thing that I can do now, and that's outro our cast to bring this episode to a close. So starting from my right, we have Arasatra, who is played by Phil. <laughs> to his right, we have Tabi Asrama, played by Francesco. Well, this is all getting a little weird for me. And to his right, we have Basha, played by John. Until next time. And my name is Dave. I've been your host and Dungeon Master. Thank you very much. Bye-bye now. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long. Goodbye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.